So um, this has been a great week, and if you're ever wondering, like, what exactly is River Ridge Church about? I think this week kind of illustrates that, that we are a church that cares deeply for our community. And we did that in a couple ways this week. Uh, so Big Kick Soccer Camp, you saw the video. Uh, here's a picture. So this was my role at Big Kick Soccer Camp. Um, so that's me on the right there. Um, so I played um, Coach Knuckles, and I was kind of the tough guy coach, uh, and then Chelsea played Emmy Lou, and so we just had a fantastic time doing this. Uh, Ryan Dedrick did the skills coaching, Dave Bishop did the speaking, and there was a lot of Gatorade and a lot of fun, a lot of soccer, and a whole lot of great stuff. But ultimately, Big Kick uh, is about kids knowing that the God of the universe knows them, loves them, and wants a relationship with them. And that's why we do all of this stuff, the humor, the soccer, the planning, all that stuff, so that kids can learn that lesson. And it was a great week for them to experience that through what Dave said, but also through the coaches pouring into them and loving on them. So that was neat. And then uh, yesterday was our Go Local project. So once a month, we go into the community and we serve. So this is uh, the team uh, or part of the team that uh, did some stuff at the Midian Leadership Center, which is on the west side of town. That's going to become a community center for middle school and high school age kids. Um, and so we are really kind of diving in and helping them uh, just to get that place ready. So here's a before picture, at least one aspect of what we did. And then here's the after picture. Um, so... And, we'll, and we also painted inside. Uh, so it's just a great opportunity to really love our community. The next Go Local project, we're going to come alongside of a school uh, on July 24th or 5th. 24th it is, a, a Saturday. Um, and so if you would like to participate in a Go Local project, just go to the River Ridge website. We have a new button that says sign up for anything. Click that button. You can sign up for Go Local, uh, the next project, or to be informed when there is a project coming up. So encourage you to do that. So as, uh, as the trailer indicated, we're starting a new series today, um, and it's called Summer at the Movies. And I want to tell you what this series is about and what this series is not about. This is basically a series about Jesus. For eight weeks, we are going to look at Jesus. We're not going to take the movies and like dissect the movies and all that kind of stuff. We're going to take each of these movies, eight movies over eight weeks, and use them as a jumping off point to kind of see Jesus in the Gospels. And, you know, one of the things is if you watch a movie through a certain lens, you realize that a lot of movies have a gospel theme to them. Or a movie will portray something about the heart of God. And so we're going to look at movies through that lens. But the other thing we want to do this summer is I would love to make this not just a Sunday morning thing, but an all throughout the week thing. And so in your, um, on your seat when you walked in, you've got a little card that says the Gospel of Mark. So this is yours to take home. And so the idea is over the next seven weeks from now until the end of the series, that you would read one part about 12 to 30 verses kind of in that range in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, and then on Sundays, we'll be looking at different aspects of who Jesus is. So just to give you an example. Next week, we're going to talk about The Greatest Showman. I know that's a movie that a lot of people like and how he collects these um, people to kind of be in his circus. And we're talking about how did Jesus collect the disciples, if you will. Uh, there's another one down the road. We're going to look at the movie Finding Nemo uh, and just see that and what is God's heart for people. So that's the type of thing that we're going to be doing over the course of the summer. 
And one of the highlights is going to be on July the 4th. Uh, so we're going to do a little bit different on July the 4th. You can mark your calendar. We're going to have an outside service at 11 a.m. only. And New Life uh, Fellowship uh, is going to come and join us. And it's going to be a combined service. And then we're going to have a cookout afterwards. So anyway, mark that on your calendar. But today's uh, message is titled, after the movie, A Quiet Place. So uh, just out of curiosity, how many of you have seen A Quiet Place? Okay. How many of you have not seen A Quiet Place? How many of you would never in a million years see The Quiet Place and you were slightly scared during the trailer? Yes, I feel it for you. Um, so I, the, and this is the 2018 Quiet Place. There's actually a Quiet Place 2, which came out in the last week or so. Uh, and I had not seen A Quiet Place uh, until I think about a year ago. And I watched it on a very small TV and a very bright room. So if you want to watch it in a way that's not, with the sound very low, that's a really good, although there's not a whole lot of sound to it. But here's the basic summary of the movie. Um, so it's called a post-apocalyptic movie, uh, meaning that there's just, you know, kind of the most of the world's been wiped out. Uh, but it focuses on John Krasinski and his family. Um, and basically, uh, there are these creatures that are around, and if they hear you, they will hunt you, as the trailer says. Uh, and so his family has gone through all these lengths to make sure that they do everything quietly. Um, and so that's kind of the, the basic plot of the movie. Um, and, and then part with the movie, you uh, realize that his wife, Emily Blunt, who's his wife in real life, which is interesting. So, uh, but she's pregnant and it's like, oh my goodness, how can you have a baby and keep quiet? And so they have all these sort of things in place to try and keep that quiet. Um, so that is the, the general kind of theme or plot of the movie. Now, you look at that, and you're like, okay, well, how does that fit with Jesus anything? Is this going to be like monsters are attacking us? Is this going to be like, you know, be quiet before the Lord or find a quiet place to have a quiet time? What is this going to be? Um, and it's not going to be uh, any one of those things. Um, there is a scene in the movie, and if you just want to watch this scene, you could actually watch it on YouTube. Um, but there's a scene in the movie where the creature, and these creatures are pretty scary looking to make these scary noises, but it has um, John Krasinski's two children trapped in a pickup truck, and this thing is banging on the sides, and it's really an intense thing. I did not want to show that here, but they're bang it's banging on the thing. It's trying to get in, um, and John Krasinski's maybe 30 or 40 yards away, and they're looking out the back of the pickup truck, and they look at their dad, and their dad sees that eventually this beast, this creature is going to get in to the pickup truck and kill his children. And so John Krasinski is looking at his children, and it's, it's all silent because he doesn't speak, but he does this sign language. He says, I love you. And then he says, I have always, I have always loved you. And then he screams at the top of his lungs. And this creature leaves the pickup truck and immediately jets towards John Krasinski and kills John Krasinski. And as that's happening, the children release the emergency brake on the truck and they roll down the hill to safety. And I share that with you because that is a picture of the gospel. In John chapter 10, Verse 11, it says this. It says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. 
And that's exactly what John Krasinski did in this movie. He laid down his life so that his children could live. And Jesus Christ has done the same thing for you and for me. That he laid down his life on the cross so that we might live. And so what we're going to do this morning is we're going to look at John chapter 10. And throughout this chapter, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And throughout this, we get a picture of who is the good shepherd, who is Jesus. And what we're going to do is we're just going to look at this and say, who is Jesus? And how can we know him more? Because here's the thing. It's really, it's a cycle. As we know and understand the goodness of Jesus, we want to be closer to him. And as we're closer to him, we'll know more of the goodness of Jesus. And as we know the goodness of Jesus, we'll be, want to be closer to him. And it's a cycle that really perpetuates itself. And so today, I just want us to see the goodness of the good shepherd. So if you have your Bible, open up to John chapter 10. And I'll, let me invite the Lord to speak to us through these verses. God, thank you so much uh, for these verses and, and just how they've spoken to me this week and just how um, the goodness of Jesus comes out in this. I pray that we would see this and that we would understand and that we would be drawn to Jesus Christ this morning. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So it says this, John chapter 1, or excuse me, John chapter 10, verse 1. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Here's the first observation um, that I want us to see, is the good shepherd knows my name. The good shepherd knows your name. Now, when we say that, that Jesus knows your name, and the good shepherd knows your name, that's more than just knowing what your name is. Oh, your name is Lisa, or Todd, or Fred, or Betty. It's more than that. It's that he knows who you are inside and out. One of the dynamics uh, between sheep and a shepherd that helps us to kind of understand the, the portrait that Jesus is painting here is that a shepherd would have, you know, anywhere between, you know, 20 and 50, maybe 100 or more sheep. But a shepherd knows the sheep. He knows how each one reacts and, and kind of the intricacies of each sheep. He knows that this one tends to wander off. He knows that those two sheep, they get in a fight a lot. He knows that this one sleeps too much. He knows that this one will overeat if he's not pulled away from the food. He knows that this one gets infections all the time in his ear. He knows that this one, so he knows everything about each of his sheep. A good shepherd would know that. Now, if you and I were to see a, a, a group of sheep, a flock of sheep, we would look at the sheep and go, those are sheep. And we'd look at those and go, what's the difference? We'd go, I don't know. They all eat, they all smell, they all poop, they all drink. That's, that's what sheep do, right? Like, we wouldn't know the difference between sheep. But a good shepherd knows the differences between the sheep. And the same is true about the good shepherd knowing you. He knows who you are. 
He knows your fears. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. He knows what makes you laugh. And he knows what you need. He knows that maybe today you need an encouragement. And tomorrow you need to be challenged. And the next day you need a comfort. And the good shepherd knows your name, but so much more than just what your name is, it means he knows who you are. There's a really neat good shepherd uh, moment at Big Kick uh, the other night, right out here on this field. Um, so there's a little girl about this big, um, big black hair, and she was um, just having a tough time. And so at Big Kick, I would go around and just kind of chat with the kids and encourage the coaches and help out with drills if I could. And uh, so, but there's this little girl, and you could just kind of tell that she was having a tough time. And, uh, and she's probably four years old. And uh, Michael Ames was uh, her coach, right? And so Michael is 18 years old, just graduated from high school, heading off to college. And he could sense that this little girl was struggling. And so he got down on one knee, and he got, he got down on one knee, and he said, do you need a hug? And she was about this far away. And she just launched into him and gave him the biggest hug. And she would not let go. And that touched my heart, partly because of what that is, but that's also the good shepherd with you. He knows what you need. Now, what we need is not always what we think we need, but he knows what we actually do need. Then it continues on in verse 4. It says, When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Now, it's an interesting thing kind of when it came to, came to shepherding at that point in time is there would be a, a, a little city or town, like, you know, like Bethlehem, for example, or wherever it might be, and there was a sheep pen that was owned or kind of used by multiple sheepers. Could be a couple of brothers or a couple of cousins, and they all went in and they had a sheep pen. Um, and they would be out in the fields for a couple of days or maybe even a couple of weeks, and then they would bring them in to get supplies, to do whatever they needed to do, and then they would leave them back out. But oftentimes in these sheep pen, there were multiple uh, flocks of sheep in there. Could be two or three or four different flocks of sheep all mixed and mingled in there. And so when they would get up in the morning and one shepherd was ready to head out for the day, he would call his sheep. I mean, he's a here, sheepy, sheepy. I don't know, he probably had a specific call that wasn't that. But he would call the sheep out of the sheep pen, and they would follow him. And the other sheep from the other shepherds wouldn't follow, because those sheep know their shepherd's voice. And it's a great illustration for us, and to ask us the question, do you know, can you distinguish the voice of the good shepherd? And part of what we're doing here in looking at Jesus through this lens of the Good Shepherd is when we know the Good Shepherd, the more that we know Him, the more we'll understand and hear His voice as distinct from all the other voices. Because you and I know there are a ton of voices shouting at us in the world, but can you hear the voice of the Good Shepherd? And it doesn't come all at once. It takes practice. But the more that you know Him, and again, going back to the Gospel of Mark, the more that you read about Him and understand Him, the more you understand when he is speaking to you. Then he continues on. It says, This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, 
I am the door of the sheep. Now, Jesus says, I am the door of the sheep. But before he said, I am the good shepherd. And you kind of look at that and you go, well, which are you, Jesus? Are you the shepherd or are you the door? Like, make up your mind. Are you a door or are you a shepherd? And we, in our kind of modern understanding of life, don't like, are you a shepherd or are you a door? We don't quite get that. But those who heard this first would understand exactly what he was saying. Was he a shepherd or a door? He was both. Because what they would have with the sheep pen, that it would be all the way around, but they would leave about a five-foot opening to go in and out of the sheep pen. And the shepherd would lie in front of that to make sure that sheep didn't get out and to make sure that nothing got in. And so Jesus was the good shepherd, but Jesus was also the door or the gate. And he lay in front of that opening to protect the sheep. That's the second thing that the good shepherd does. The good shepherd protects me. The good shepherd protects me. The other day I was walking uh, on the carriage trail with my wife Stacy and our dog Bailey. And as we're walking down this kind of first stretch, it's kind of a gravel path through the woods and there's a hill up to the right that goes up to Myrtle Road where we live. And so we're walking Bailey and there's a deer there. It's a doe. And the doe is kind of there, and then the doe begins to walk with us. As we're walking here, the doe is walking up on a ridge. Now, that's not normally what deer do. Normally, if a deer sees us and our dog, they either freeze or a deer will run the other way. But this deer was following us. And I had a good idea why that was happening. And you may know as well if you've kind of looked around in this season. But the deer is following us. And then all of a sudden Bailey notices the deer. Well, every other time in Bailey's life, our dog, every other time when there's been a deer, she'll run off the deer and bark and then the deer scampers into the woods. Well, this time Bailey sees the deer, runs after the deer, and the deer stands her ground. And I knew it was going on. I'm like, Bailey, come back, come back, come back. And eventually she comes back, but the deer was ready to fight because the deer had fawns nearby. That I've noticed that, I don't know if you have recently, but there, I've noticed a couple sets of fawns different places. And so this deer was protecting her fawns and said, I'm going to fight this dog to protect my fawns. And I share that with you because I think that's an amazing picture of what the good shepherd does for us. That the good shepherd protects us. And here's the thing is, you know, that doesn't mean that life is always easy or that there's no difficulties or, or hardships in life. That's not what that means. That the good shepherd protects us means that there are things that go on in our lives that we aren't even aware of. I mean, think about this little story I just told you. There's two fawns, and they're lying under a bush somewhere. They have no idea that their mama is fighting off Bailey to keep them alive. And I think there's times when God protects us. There's lots of times that God protects us that we're not even aware that he's doing that for us. But that's what he does because he is the good shepherd. And it continues on. It says, All who come before me, are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. And it says, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. 
That's the third truth or observation about the good shepherd. The good shepherd offers abundant life to us. The good shepherd offers abundant life to us. So what does that mean that the good shepherd offers abundant life to us? Because this is a verse that we read fairly frequently. You know, I've come to you may have life and life to the full. And when we talk about this at Riverage, but what exactly does that mean that he's come to give us abundant life? Does that mean that he's come to make us happy so that we can have fun all the time, so we can have our best life living on this planet? Is that what that means? Or does it mean something else? Because here's what I think we do with this verse. We Read this verse to say what we want it to say. So the verse says, Jesus came that they may have life and life abundantly. But I think in our minds, sometimes we do a little bit of a flip with the words there. And we read it this way. Jesus came that I might have what I want and I might have what I want in abundance. But that's not why Jesus came. He came to give us abundant life. And we think that abundant life is found in having fun and happiness and money and nothing ever goes wrong in life. But abundant life is when we have joy and peace and contentment. And joy and peace and contentment, different than happiness and fun and those types of things, the difference is joy, peace, and contentment are not based on circumstances. We can have good circumstances and bad circumstances, but we can still have joy and peace and contentment and abundant life. But if we think that abundant life is just being happy and nothing goes wrong, then we'll kind of misunderstand this verse. And we may even say, well, that verse isn't true. I don't have abundant life because I have hardship in my life. But the good shepherd came to give abundant life, which is joy and peace and contentment. And then Jesus says this, and this is the verse that we started with. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. The good shepherd laid down his life for me. That's the fourth truth. The good shepherd laid down his life for me. The good shepherd laid down his life for you. Jesus laid down his life for you. 